another episode of Executive Talk. Those that are here live with us in our studio audience and also those that are watching us live. In today's show, we're going to talk about today's education system. Now, what we're going to do is we're actually going to dig a little bit deeper. When we talk about today's educational system, it's easy to talk about the grades. It's easy to talk about various things. But we need to know what inadequacies are coming out of the school system. Are we, really, are we really reaching these kids the way that they really truly need to be reached? That's what we're going to deal with today. What is, so today's topic is a helping hand. Are these kids really getting a helping hand as they're going through the school system? And with us today, we have Larry Sims, the board chairman of RMSER with us today, to talk to us a little bit further about what a helping hand really means to, in today's, um, today's school system. So without further ado, help me and welcome Larry Sims. How you doing, Larry? How you doing? Thanks for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. So before we get into the show and uh, start talking about this important issue, give us a little bit, little bit of background on you and how you came to be the board chair of RMSER. Well, I actually started volunteering into the classroom. Uh, my son was able to get into a Head Start program, and he gave me an opportunity to give back. So by volunteering in the classroom, I worked my way through the policy council which is a parent committee, uh, to the board of directors. Um, that's been about eight years now, I think. Okay. Uh, since then, <clearly> I've been chair, our uh, vice chair, and now chair. Gotcha. So what is what has it been? What has it meant to you to actually be part of that? To see your son go through the Head Start program and to come to this point? I think this is a crossroad and not only his life, but my life, simply because watching where we started, especially with him, uh, food allergies, asthma, uh, not knowing how often he was going to be in and out of school, uh, to where he got perfect attendance a couple of years. Uh, he's taken the resources and he's built upon them to better himself. So for me to watch him take advantage of that, um, the family has something to do with that also. Sure. But those learning tools came from the school. Absolutely. Well, then let's go ahead and get into this um, topic and talk about the education system as it is right now. Now, you have a, a great perspective where you can talk about the past and you can talk about the, and talk about the present and what you see currently. So talk to us about the past. What does the education system used to, what did it used to mean to the family? and so on and so forth? Well, you know, in my case, uh, I'm a baby boomer. Uh, my parents' education didn't exceed eighth grade. My mother went to eighth grade, my dad went to sixth grade. And that was expected. Uh, my expectations was high school only. Okay. Uh, my son's expectation was college when he walked in the front door of kindergarten. Gotcha. Uh, your age group, I'm quite sure your education, uh, your household, they were saying, uh, you need to think about going to school. Very true. They were trying to rush me out the door. They were you rushing know. you, trying to get you to where you needed <laughs> yeah, to go. Right. But you know, now today's society, college I think is just an extension of high school. Okay. And I think it should be. Do you think we should always be pushing our kids towards the higher education, towards college? Do you feel like that's the, the, the key direction? I think if your child's 
attitude and aptitude is in that direction, yes. I think the more you learn, the more empowered you are. But I also think that it's important what you learn. Okay. Uh, everyone's not cut out to be a doctor. So if you've been in the cars all your life, it's fine to be a mechanic because that doctor is going to need a mechanic. So, yeah, I, I believe that we need to value what it is we have. Gotcha. So what is the different, what's the difference in Head Start for kids? What, what value do you feel like that brings at an early age? At an early age, it gives them the tools to learn how to use and develop their mind. Uh, in our classroom, as they start to develop, you walk into the classroom, they're doing their letters and their numbers. But as the school year progresses, it goes further than that. Now they're writing their names gotcha. and their phone numbers right. and their street names. They know that M means mom, D stands for dad. So it's what the tools that we're giving them, uh, I think, makes things easier for them to learn. Uh, I think Matt said it best when he said, Head Start gave me the tools to learn. Gotcha. It taught me how to learn. Made me want to be the smartest person in the room. Gotcha. So you're saying that there's a specific way to learn. This is learning actually how to learn. Yeah, there is. Okay. There is. I mean, the average parent can tell you, when their child goes back to school after summer break, it's like yeah. they've forgotten everything they've learned. That's right. But when our children come back into our classrooms after summer break, they fall right back into that same routine. They haven't forgotten anything because it's still fresh. Okay. It's still new and it's still exciting. So I think that we're putting a little more mm, pizzazz into the education for our little children to make them want that. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about this, because I know this is a hot topic here in society, which is today's dropout rate. Now, depending on what state that you live in, you know, the dropout, the dropout rate varies. But this is actually a concern of society. So what do you feel like is driving today's dropout rate as a whole? I honestly believe it's economy. Uh, I say economy because there's too many children in two-parent two households that are watching mom and dad struggle trying to pay bills and make ends meet. First chance they get, they want to get out there and make a job, make a dime, make a dollar, contribute. Uh, I believe that the fear of falling behind, uh, the fear of not having, and actually, is it dropping out? Or is it going on for better things? Hmm. I mean, how many kids actually drop out of high school but get a GED? That's right. And are we considering those GED uh, certificates dropouts? So, with that being said, my question is, if so, we're put, we're putting the so we're putting a wrong stigma on these kids. You feel like we're putting the wrong stigma. So if you're not getting an actual diploma, are you saying that we're putting a, we're calling them a dropout when there's so so many various options that they can have, which is like a GED or something else? Correct. Uh, 
if I have a high school equivalency and that's in a GED, can I still enter into a college? Absolutely. Uh, the only thing that keeps me from entering into a college is a high school equivalency. It doesn't say I need a diploma. Uh, a better scenario is when we're farming and we have a cornfield. And in the middle of this cornfield, there's a beautiful red rose. What is that rose to that farmer? What is it? A weed. Ah. Because it's not where it's supposed to be. Right. So, yeah, I think that because of those things, we have to always go back. Now, would you agree that some of this stuff is also court cultural? Definitely cultural. Definitely. Uh, there are some societies where education is not important as it is to bringing in an income, no matter what that income is. Uh, our organization started as a uh, job training program. Hmm. We still have a uh, farm workers program. Uh, we're trying to train people in different things to better their lives, not necessarily through college. There are trade schools that can do it. Right. Uh, but there are options. But it all takes education. Very true. So now let me throw this out, because last time that we had this conversation with RMSER, we brought up the scripture, which is Proverbs 22, 6. It was, start, ch start children off the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So based on what you're saying, how does that relate to this scripture? You give a child a strong foundation, no matter what's built on it. It can fall apart, but you can come back and still build on that foundation. That foundation will never go away. So what I'm looking at is training these children at this young age to learn to think for themselves and read, understand what they read, and then come back and make a decision for me 20 years down the line when I'm not able to do that for myself. Right. And I know that these children are competent enough and they're educated enough to make that decision. Right. Um, I think that foundation is where we all need because no matter what happens, we've always got it. So, exactly, if I can train my children to read, and they're reading at a very early age, they will read all their lives. Right. And I think you said something that's uh, very true is that, you know, when these kids get older, you know, as, generational, as the generation changes, we'll be depending on them Correct. to make decisions for us. And we got to make sure that they're competent enough and they know what to do and make those right decisions to keep things going. So it is very true that this is a... That's why the scripture is so true, and we have to keep on making sure that we bring this up. Another part of the scripture that we should also pay attention to is throughout the educational system, if we're, not, if we're cutting these kids off at the legs and saying, well, because you didn't get a diploma, you dropped out. You fell. You feel inadequate. You know, if we, if we teach our kids inadequacy and keep that system going, they'll never turn from it. They'll never turn th from that emotion of in in inadequacy. 
So we really have to be careful as to what message we're giving to these kids. And instead of saying, okay, you didn't get your diploma, well, what other options can they actually achieve in order to make sure that they feel adequate and they can keep moving on in their direction that they need to go? So I think that's really important that we keep Correct. that focus. I mean, to give you a prime example of that, I know a young lady who uh, dropped out of school because she was bored. She got a GED when she was 14. She got a master's at 21 in medicine. Mm. And she thinks she's a failure because she didn't get a high school diploma. What has society taught her? Right. That that high school diploma is more than the master's degree. <laughs> so this is what our school system is teaching us. And they're calling all of us failures. And so you guys really understand the heaviness of that emotion there? We have to make sure that we protect our kids from that emotion and know that there is a, an option B there, that they can still continue on, that they're not stuck. In that prime example, to have a master's and still feel like you haven't made it, that's, that's, that's not good. We need to really protect our people, to protect our children in this way. So then, speaking on that, poverty plus education, I'm going to give you this scenario, equals what? Scary. And why so? Because until I was educated, I didn't know I was poor. I mean, honestly, until somebody told me that I was poor, I didn't know I was poor. Hmm. So I think that it's also dangerous because now it's telling us that we're poor and we read and we hear every day that the poor are inadequate, that the poor are a drain on the economy. What self-esteem is that building? Does that tell you there's a way out? Not at all. So in order for us to get that equation the opposite direction, we have to first start instilling that poverty doesn't value us. It doesn't devalue us. That's right. That's right. I mean, I think we were all born with the same amount of molecules. <laughs> right. The only difference is what's in our pocket. So... That I think we need to really look at because we got to let our children know that no, we're not in the best shape. We're not in the upper echelon of the society, but we do make a difference and we do matter. Absolutely. Because what that statement says to me is we don't matter because we are poor and uneducated. And so you see the vicious cycle in that? So think about it. And you know, I don't want to, when you think about poverty, the first your mindset goes to, well, people who just have absolutely no money. Well, think about it for the people that may live paycheck to paycheck. If that one paycheck goes, you can, poverty is almost like sometimes just right there. Have you ever had that feeling where you're waiting for payday, it's like five days out and you have no money, you're just like, Lord have mercy, I can't wait to <laughs> get paid, <laughs> trying to find some gas or whatever. You had a little feeling of poverty. And that, that feeling right there can really mess you up. And then if you're in this as a child, if you're carrying on this weight of poverty and you're in the home, you see your parents are struggling, 
you may have some challenges at school, then you just think, well, forget all about it. You know, I feel like education gives that extra boundary that says you can still do it. It still gives it an opportunity to change things for your whole, whole dynamics of your whole family. And I think that's what you're getting at as well, is that just because you're in a situation doesn't mean education needs to be one of those things that dwindles down as well. Exactly. I mean, it's okay not to have, but you have choices to make. You can choose to buy a book to entertain your children when you don't have TV, or you could choose to buy a game That's right. to entertain your children when you don't have a TV. What are they going to learn the most from? The game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. For them. But what does the parent learn the most from? The book. The book, yeah. Because those books have words. And here again, reading is vocabulary. Yeah. And speaking of that, let's go ahead and go to Proverbs 16, 16. This is an important scripture here. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver? What does that say, what does that scripture mean to you based on what we're talking about? It means that there's a lot of kids out here right now that come out of high school and they go out into the workforce and they get a job. And the job is a decent paying job. Uh, they have an opportunity to go to college and the manager comes and say, well, look, you're a really good worker. I'm going to give you a race. I don't want to lose you. Your parents are saying, you know what, you have an opportunity to go to college, you really need to think about it. You go and you tell your boss, hey, look, I think I want to go to college. I'll give you another race. Hmm. Well, three years down the road, you're on the same job. The company is sold. Now you don't have a job, nor an education. So now you have to go out into the workforce to look for a job without an education. And all the jobs that you're looking for are requiring an education. Where are you at? That's right. So sometimes we have to understand that everything that looks good isn't. That's right. I want to go ahead and throw this curveball at you guys. You guys ready? Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> you guys like <laughs> How much better to get gold than wisdom? To get silver than insight? To get, yeah, to get silver rather than insight. So think about the, what, I, what I put in place there. So if you think about it, the, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. All you have to do is flip that, flip that scripture around. That's where a lot of our children are today. A lot of our children are saying, yes, right now, let's just go ahead and get money. Because money is glorified, isn't it? <clears throat> education is low. Education doesn't make sense. And there's no guarantee at the end of ed education. That's what's part of the, system, the, the part of the system within education. So we've seen a lot of our children going out for the gold and going out for the silver rather than the wisdom and insight to actually understand to be steady, mm -hmm. to make sure this is the right direction, to make calculated, smart moves. And this is what's keeping that system going. So when we're, when we're talking about the children are our future, where if our future is headed towards gold and silver, are they going to be able to 
take care of us? No. no. Because they're worried about the gold and silver. They forgot all about mom and dad. So it goes back to that foundation. Having that strong foundation, that's where we build those values. And that's where we create that person. That's right. And it happens in school. Those things do happen. Just to feel accomplished, that level of accomplishment does a lot for a person. Because there is some point in your life, you have to look back on your accomplishments and if you feel like you got lost and say, you know what? I did make something happen. That's something that person can lean on forever. You cannot take that away from that person no matter what. So it's a huge, it's a big deal. You know, so you take a person in poverty in our school system and you put them in a class and they receive an A. That A means more to them than it does to anyone else because they've always been told that they'll never accomplish that. And this is where we come in, I believe, with helping by teaching them, yes, you can accomplish anything you want to, you have the tools, you know how. Absolutely. So speaking of that, how does higher education intimidate today's student? Oh, you know, that's uh, one of those things where it's a two-edged sword. You know, they tell you that in order for you to succeed in life, you need the higher education. What they don't tell you is that by getting the higher education, you go into debt immediately. So you have a lot of people out here who feels that I would rather take a mediocre position than deal with the enormous student debt. Right. And I, I believe the economy has a lot to do with that because education's not cheap. Right. Uh, but I also believe that our children are intimidated because we're being compared to other countries who specialize in different education styles. Mm, that's very true, very true. Well, let's build on that. What advice would you give a parent for a kid that's headed to college? Know your kid. <laughs> Plain and simple. Know Plain and kid. simple. Know, <laughs> know your kid. So what does that mean? Your parents. You know if your kid is going to get with his buddies and go hang out at the park and go party all night versus going to the library. You know this. So, in that scenario, why send your kid to a $50,000 a year institution for him to go party? When you can send him to the local community college and let's see how he acts. Okay? So, my, my, my advice is know your child. If your child is not responsible enough to, I always say, take a $5,000 credit card with his name on it, pay all the monthly bills while you're out of town for a month. Um, I wouldn't send him away to school. <laughs> I mean, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep him home. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's, I, mean I, I know it's funny, but let's be honest with each other. We all know our children. <laughs> yeah. And we're the best judge of our children. And you know if your child is going to do the right thing or if your child is going to straddle that fence for a while. Yeah. So 
That's all I'm saying. They have to be prepared. Well, let's talk about this moment. I think this is an important moment for everybody to, to see. This is your son, Matthew, Matthew Correct. Sims. And this is him on the left. What is he doing real quick? On the left, he is signing um, an award letter for Augustana University to play baseball. Let's give him a round of applause. And what is this going on on the right? On the right, he is graduating high school, and that is a National Honor Society cord around his neck. Awesome. Awesome. Just real quick, what does that feeling mean to you to see your son go through all that? You know, I didn't know what I was feeling at first. Um, at this point, it's still, to me, he's graduating middle school until he gets his next diploma. I'm not going to be satisfied, <laughs> okay? The educational system from the past and the present. It's mandatory that he gets me that. Gotcha. It was only mandatory that I got a high school diploma. All right. There's our difference. Well, give me, uh, in 30 seconds, give me your final thought. Tell me what you want everybody watching us today, what do you want them to know? I want you to know the more that you can get involved in your child's education, the more we as parents can walk into a classroom and sit down in a desk unannounced, the more that we show our kids we care, the more our kids are going to care about what they're doing and care about us. The hardest thing for a child to get is for his parent to say, I am so proud of you. That's all they ever want. All right. I can dig that. And now before we, um, before we go into my final thought, I want to go ahead and uh, turn our attention to the CEO of RMSER, Mr. Chris Hall, and talk about the importance of education, in your opinion. Thank you, Maurice. Um, I want to point back to the slide that you had that says poverty plus education equals what? Let's add on another word, poverty plus education plus opportunity. Because sometimes we may get a bachelor's degree, master's degree, or even a PhD, but the opportunity may not be there for us to exercise those gifts or all of those education that we have worked so hard to get to, uh, work so hard for. What I'm saying is that the, the economy is, is not at a, at a strong sense right now because we do have a lot of students who have graduated with their bachelor's or their master's or a PhD, but opportunity has not knocked at their door. They have not been able to find jobs. We have some that even working at McDonald's or a fast food restaurant just to even to start paying back those bills. So we, we need more job creation to, to happen in, in our society of today, or even more starting up with small businesses. So opportunity is the key. Gotcha. Thank you for that. That's a huge. And we'll <laughs> make sure we uh, keynote that when we put this on our, on our social media. So thank you for that statement. I would like to, um, first of all, thank you. Thank everybody for watching, especially you guys at home and you guys here in the studio audience. And thank you so much, Mr. Sims, for thank your you information. For Let's give a he helping hand to these children. Having kids feel inadequate is not okay. Let's help them strive. In the meantime, I want you guys to look us up on Facebook. 
But we're actually, Larry and I, we actually have to get back to work. You guys have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Appreciate you, man.